Hey, Dan. Hey, Doug. How you we, doing, man? We are live right now, brother, by the way. Just hey. so you know. Alrighty. I uh, I can hear you, I can't see you. Yeah. Bang. Oh, in the there in the go. makeshift studio. In the makeshift studio. It's the best place to be for things like this. Other, I got a house full of people, so otherwise I'm I end up uh you know with people walking behind me and you know Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. How have you been, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm uh you know, hanging in there with all this COVID nastiness and everything else. Um are you uh, are you based in London? Uh, not in London. I'm actually in Bournemouth, about two hours by train south of London. Um, oh, nice! So yeah, yeah, I've been down here for well since 2004. Oh, so you didn't you didn't grow up there? No, I'm American. Um, and, yeah, I was going to uh, say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it no, doesn't quite make I, sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I came over here for love. Oh, um, really? Love struck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I fell in love in the States, but, um, you know, she... Uh, she brought you uh, over. It, she brought me over. Yeah. It's a long story. I, we can talk about it if you want, but it's, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. She got you. She got you early, eh? And <laughs> yeah. now you've got some uh, beautiful kids. How old are they? Oh, yeah. Gosh, I got two boys, um, 18 and a half and Whoa. 17. Yeah, they're they're about eighteen months apart. So, what do yeah. they th- they think? Dad's cool. He's Geralt. He's... I certainly hope so. <laughs> Surely, are parents ever really cool? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. But my dad wasn't the voice of one of the best characters ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man! Well, I, I'll tell you what. It um, if uh, if this gives any insight, perhaps my my youngest when he was about. 15 i guess yeah 14 or 15 um a couple of his friends came over to to just mess mess about and stuff and i walked in the room and he kind of he kind of looked at his friend and he nodded at me (laughs) that's him (laughs) (laughs) i kind of stood there awkwardly going i don't Uh, know what i'm supposed to say here and uh his friends were suitably kind of embarrassed but yeah so there's an awareness wow so how how did you keep busy in 2020? Did you, did the work still come in terms of voice acting? Because I know you're also you're a teacher, aren't you? Uh, I have been. I'm not at the moment. Um, yeah, I I I, uh, uh, I was the course leader for the BA Honors Acting Course at Arts University Bournemouth. That's what brought me to Bournemouth actually um, for 13 years, and uh, left there in 2017 um, to pursue opportunities. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I was, I, I, I kind of had a good run there. It was starting to feel like Groundhog Day and I didn't know what to do. And I, you know, there are things I wanted to explore and try out and stuff like that. So I said goodbye to them. And, uh, but then in, um, 2020, I got a job running the acting for film course, at University of Chichester. I started that in January last year. And then when, when COVID hit, it all went crazy and they decided not to renew my contract. So, mm. um, so I went back into the freelance world in, uh, as of, uh, yeah, September, 2020. So yeah, bad time to go back into freelance, but, um, yeah. it's been all right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still pursuing more video game work. Of course. Or, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's kind of it's become the bread and butter really. But yeah. uh I mean I uh, having said that, I just got off 2 days shooting a, a small role on a on a new Amazon um uh TV series that I can't say anything more about really. Um wow. but that's uh yeah, so that's awesome. going to be fun. So that's uh, coming it's just out. a small role, but it'll be fun. Well, I, I I have no idea actually. I know that they're shooting all the way through into October. So uh, the first episodes might not be aired until sometime in the in the autumn. Well, a few people might not know, but you popped up in Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. Did you not? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually part of the Marvel universe, man. Yeah, <laughs> is that what you tell everyone? A very small. Well, no, that's what other people have said. Now I just you know, like a like a, a mockingbird, I just re- repeat repeat it. Um, but yeah, I played the, the the character's name was actually Young Doctor, and then they and then they cast me. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you laughing for? Uh, well, I, I'm not, I wasn't I wasn't that young when I did it. You know, a young doctor to my mind is in his twenties. You know, I was uh, I was easily into my forties when I when I um, shot that. But when, uh, yeah, I'm the young doctor when when uh, when um, I can't remember what. Captain America's real name is Steve. Steve, um, when Steve uh, goes in to get uh, checked out, uh, the one where Stanley Tucci ends up admitting him to the special program, I'm the young doctor who checks him out first. So you see me there hanging out with with good old Chris. So you actually met him on the set? Oh yeah, yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He was in the zone. He was kind of you know he was doing his thing. But yeah. we had a, a, a brief chat. It's actually a funny story. We um, <laughs> uh, they had a they had a stand-in guy who was like small, uh, small Steve, and he had oh, you know, yeah, facial yeah, yeah. capture stuff all over him and things like that. So there was him, and we did some some of the rehearsals with him. And then um, you know things shifted and things changed, and and I and I I did the blocking and I knew what I was doing. Everything was good. And then um, uh action was called and I, I did my stuff said my thing turned around i had to turn around walk across the set to uh drop something off or pick something up i can't remember what it was but somebody had left um steve's shoes behind me they weren't supposed to be there but they'd left <laughs> them behind me and i tripped over them and oh, no. uh, so it was just a stumble but it, it, it meant we had to reshoot you know obviously oh during so the tank I'm, yeah, yeah, during the take, yeah. So, so, um, so I said, oh, no. oh, really sorry, guys. Those shoes weren't supposed to be there. Um, so that you know, they had the art department or costume department get them out of the way and everything. And uh, we we reset, and I went back to to uh, to Chris, and I said, ah, first rule of acting, eh? Uh, just say the lines and don't bump into the furniture. <laughs> and he laughed, and we had a little chat about how you know shit goes wrong. So, oh well, that's not your fault, at least. No, it wasn't. Well, it depends on how you look at it. You know, I could have looked behind me to double check before action was called. Do you, did didn't. you did you get nervous on that set going in? I always get nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I always get nervous no matter how. I, I think the one time I wasn't really nervous was on a film, an independent horror film called London Voodoo. I played the main character, Lincoln Mathers. And because I was on that for two months, um, you know, I got used to the crew. I got used to the other actors. You know, pretty quickly within a, a week or so, I was feeling confident in the environment. Yeah, mm. so that was better. But yeah, if you're just going in to shoot for a day or two days, or or um, I mean, a week is good. A week is nice because then you get to know people, and by the end of the week, you're feeling, you know, really yeah. part of the whole thing. 
What are, but it's always a little bit nerve wracking walking into onto a set the first time, not really knowing people. Oh, hundred percent. What about uh, voice acting? And I don't know. Have you done much motion capture? Do you get nervous doing that? Do you stuff? know, I've never done motion capture, and I'd wow. love to. Yeah, yeah. I've done some facial capture. I've done that. That was interesting. Uh, but motion capture and performance capture are kind of bucket list items at the moment. Yeah, because CD Projekt, and I, you know, it's the same for Cyberpunk. I've talked to a lot of the guys in that, and none of them did motion capture. It was all voice work in, in the booth. I'm guessing that's yeah. the same for you, for Geralt. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the the all three games were recorded in the studio. They were they weren't. Um, I didn't do any motion capture. There was motion capture that was done. You can go online and have a look. And there's some, you know, some of the. They did motion capture for a lot of the sword work that Geralt does. So they had yeah, a, a sword yeah. master in Poland, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And they had some of the some of the sex scenes. I think were also motion captured by two actors in Poland. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the footage. Yeah, I haven't seen that footage. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. say I'll look it up after this because it'll make me sound a little bit weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have to ask you as well about that, like doing the doing the voiceover for that. Must be a strange experience. I'm guessing there's, you got these voice directors watching you uh, moan and do all these weird, you know. Yeah, flirt. well, I, I, yeah, I've been asked before what it's like to do those things. And <laughs> the very first time I was asked, this is what blurted out of my face. And um, I just keep saying it now because it actually does make sense uh, in a weird sort of way. So, yeah, doing, doing sex scenes in the booth when you, you know, you're on your own and on the other side of the glass is a director and an engineer and sometimes um, a rep from the company, a writer or a producer or something like that. Um, but more often than not, it's just you and the director and the, and the engineer. Um, I said, it's a bit like um, the feeling you might get if, if um, your mom walked in on you masturbating, you know, just that feeling of ultra vulnerability, you know, this is not supposed oh. to be seen. This is not supposed to be experienced. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it's a bit but like they're that. fun, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're it's fun. all fun. Yeah, it's all fun. That's one of the things I love about voicing in games is, um, uh, you know, a lot of the times, it, I mean, it's work. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's it's not all you know, fun and giggles and stuff like that. Sometimes it's a real slog uh, because of the nature of the voice that you're doing or the nature of the material or whatever it is. But a lot of the times, it's just good fun. You know, you oh, go yeah. in, you work with the director, um, you know, especially once you're a bit experienced as well. It's like like going on set. You know, if it's something that you're new to, then, um, you know, it can be a bit more nerve-wracking. But, um, mm. I mean, yeah, it's just good fun. You go in, you have some fun, record some lines, but it's, away. it's you don't strenuous have to memorize on the anything. voice. It's strenuous on the voice. Like, it was, is it true yeah. that you only have four-hour sessions? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't used to be that way. It used to be uh, you recorded as long as they wanted to record. Wow. But gradually over time, the industry kind of recognized that that wasn't very good for the voice actors' voices and wasn't doing their the quality of the recordings any favors either. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, uh, four hours is about the limit now. Um, I don't think I've done anything over four hours in a long time. Because your voice um, is a lot different. People are going to think this isn't Geralt. This is a this is a random guy. But as I'm yeah. guessing, as you've gone on, it's the, you've slowly developed the voice and it's gotten. Because I know you used to be a smoker back in the first yeah. few games, and then you switched. So did that change it? I quit. Oh, I think it was 
really early on or maybe before I started recording for Witcher 2. Mm. Um, so long time now. Yeah, um, he is. And it did affect my voice. It did change it. Uh, but it, it's been an interesting journey with, with Geralt uh, and my voice because when I first did Witcher 1, um, CD Projekt kept pushing me to go lower and lower and lower because they, they wanted that real kind of gravelly sound. Dirty Harry, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was the inspiration, Dirty Harry. Yeah. Uh, so you can just imagine, you know, go on, punk, make my day, <laughs> you know, so that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was hard and we were recording like 10 hours a day for Witcher 1. Uh, so that was a long time to be doing a voice that was actually really, really pushing the limits of my vocal cords. Mm. But gradually over time, um, I mean, some might say I've damaged my vocal cords. And, and that is essentially, if you think about an athlete, you know, when the way to build up muscle is to tear down muscle. So yeah. in a sense, that's what I did with my vocal cords. Over, over time, my vocal cords changed. Um, so now uh, I, I shift into Geralt really, really easy, easily. And um, I mean, to, to such an extent that actually I'll be, I'll be walking around the house and I'll see a pile of laundry that needs to go into the laundry and I'll just be talking to myself and I won't be trying to do Geralt, but I'll just be like, oh man, that laundry needs doing, <laughs> you know? So, I love that. And then I, you know, I'll kind of hear myself and go, oh, all right, there's Geralt. Geralt's a part of me now. I'd do that. If I was, a, <laughs> if I ever had the chance to have, be a character like that, I would be doing that. I'd annoy the shit out of my girlfriend, I think. <laughs> well thankfully my my wife doesn't ask me to do the voice for her <laughs> no, no uh tio here says it's his favorite game of all time and i know a lot of people believe that about witcher 3 is that a real thrill for you to be you know the main character of a game that's you know, thousands of people's favorite game ever you know yeah absolutely it's um it, it is a thrill uh uh, it's a thrill and, and I think, um, more so for me, it's an honor because, um, you know, it's, it's kind of rare that actors get that kind of journey with a character. You know, I, I was voicing Geralt for over 10 years and most acting work for most actors is go in, do your thing, step away. You know, you see, you know, you might be on a shoot for, uh, a week or, or even, you know, less. I mean, I was on a shoot for two days recently, as I mentioned. Um, but you might only be there for a day um, and on set for like an hour, maybe. Uh, yeah. Or if it's a recording, I mean, I've done recordings where I've gone in and I've recorded like 10 lines and that's it, you know, for a video game. Um, and then you walk away and you never see that game or that character again. So for an actor, it's, it's a real pleasure to be able to have that journey. You know, if you think about, the, you know, some of the characters we know and love from television shows and things like that, if you think about, um, uh, like, um, like a Jon Snow or, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where, where you get attached to the character. Mm. Well, the actor gets attached to the character too. Mm. And, um, yeah. So I just, I feel like I, you know, it's been a, a, a privilege and an honor to be able to, be Geralt of Rivia for that entire journey of those those three games and the, those two DLCs. Yeah, have you played the have you played the third one? I know that. 
Did you play the DLCs yeah. in the end? I've dipped into them. I, yeah. I, I've just not had <laughs> not time to games. devote to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to, but uh, yeah. when I started, when I started um, uh, Hearts of Stone, um, shortly shortly after I started it, I was asked to be a um, a judge on the BAFTA Game Awards. And so suddenly I had all these games I had to play in a relatively short period of time. Well, I had like, you know, five months, but I had to play these games because I had to be able to judge them. And I was judging <laughs> that first time round. I was judging uh, best narrative. So I had to actually, you know, play the game through the narrative. Yeah. And um, well, was so that, that? that, that kind of that paused my Hearts of Stone adventure for oh, quite yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then right. I just didn't get back to it, really. Um, that was... Was that after you? Because you won a you won the BAFTA award, didn't you? For in twenty sixteen, seventeen. Uh, no, I didn't win it. I was nominated in twenty sixteen. Really? Yeah. Who won? Yeah, I didn't win it. Um, there was a there was another game. Uh, they're all going to the rapture. Wow! And there the woman go. who voiced that game won yeah, the award. She was pretty good, yeah. but I'm a bit biased. I think I think uh, I would have given it to you, but. Well, yeah, I would too, but then, you know, that's not how those things work. <laughs> uh, no, uh, that's, but yeah. That's so I think it was. Yeah. I think it was twenty. I, I think it was twenty seventeen that I did that judging panel, and then the following year, twenty eighteen, I I was a panel. Uh, I was judge on the um, best performance award. That was cool. Yeah, so it was. It was. Um, it was a bunch of us. It was me. Uh, I'm not going to remember everybody who was there, but on the on the judging panel were me, Troy Baker, uh, Abu Bakar Salim. Um, if you don't know him, you will soon. He's 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 getting he? big. He was Bayek. He was Bayek. In, I was going to say, in, yeah, in yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed Origins, and Melina Jurgens, who is um, Senua in Hellblade. Oh, so great! Yeah, great. and then and then there were a few other people as well, some developers and people like that. So we had all these all these heavy hitter. Uh, lead lead character players judging the best character performance. It was amazing. Cool. So you've yeah. met all the big voice actors now over the years. I've met many of them, but or certainly actors. not all of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the thing about voice acting is that more often than not, you're alone in the booth mm. uh, unless you're doing motion capture, and then you're just there with the cast who you're working with. So I I have met. Oh, I've met two members of two um, two actors from The Witcher. Um, I met John Schwab, who plays Dandelion. Um, I met him long ago, though, when I auditioned for the Reduced Shakespeare Company, um, and he's he's one of the founding members of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. So I I auditioned for their tour. I didn't get it in the end, but I met him there, and then we kept running into each other various times. Wow! And yeah. uh, and then you know because we're associated with the witcher and we're both voice actors in london and there's things that you know we're both kind of involved in cons we and cross stuff. paths yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he's gone to cons yet um he might do i think he's going to be invited um but the only other person i've met and i get this mixed up i'm pretty sure though it's um is it jamie bamber who plays siri or is that does she play tris it's either uh, Joe Wyatt or Jamie Bamber. I can't remember which one it was, but I met her very briefly. I was coming out of a recording session and I knew that she was going in and she was in the lobby at side. And I just said, hi, I'm, I'm Doug. I'm Gerald. You're Siri. 
how you doing? We shook hands and she went into the booth and I went. <laughs> That's just crazy. To, isn't it crazy? Like the chemistry between you and some of these characters and you never met. I just, I just think that blows my mind in a way. Well, that to some extent, at least is, you know, credit due to the directors. Um, because yeah. that's part of their job is to make sure that, uh, you know, material that's recorded prior to another actor's session, um, that the energy matches the, the, the emotional and psychological energy as much as anything else. So we had some fantastic directors on, on Witcher. Um, the, the lead director was Kate Saxon and she was amazing. Um, and I'd love to work with her again. I haven't had the opportunity, but I would love to. Uh, and then we had Damien, um, uh, Damien, oh, I'm going to forget his surname, <laughs> Damien Goodman, Damien Goodman and Mark Healy. And they both directed quite a bit of stuff as well because, um, you know, Kate, Kate can't do it all. There's multiple no. characters to direct. So, um, and I worked with all three of them and, uh, once or twice there was somebody else who had to step in because one of those three weren't available, but between the three of them, they directed, uh, Witcher two and three. So why didn't they invite you back for a Cyberpunk 2077 cameo? Oh, What's going see, on, Doug? I know. That's a question for <laughs> CD Projekt, man. I don't what know. What were they thinking? <laughs> I would have had a Geralt Easter egg. That was the first thing I did if I was the director of that game. <laughs> <laughs> that would have... Oh, what happened? Well, we did oh. We did talk about it. Um, one of the guys at CD Projekt, Boris... Um, yeah, and I can never pronounce his surname. No, I wouldn't uh, attempt it personally. Yeah. <laughs> he's um, he's American and Polish, and he's one of the um, he's one of the writers and one of the lead translators into English. Um, but I've worked quite closely with him actually, and um, we you know we were talking at one point, and um, I kind of joke jokingly said to him, you know, yeah, Boris, you should have me in cyberpunk. I could be a, you know, a, a quest guy. I could be a, a bartender named Gerald or, or Jerry <laughs> or something. And I could have some, I could have some uh, waitresses, maybe someone named Trisha and another one named uh, Jennifer. Oh, and, that'd be uh, so cool. You know, just a little nod. That, that was my idea, but you know. Well, you got turned down. <laughs> Come on. Well, it was a casual conversation. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't an offer. Um, yeah from yeah. them but did i would have loved to... to do it oh i i know did you ever get to play cyberpunk i um i played through i it, have you know. not no yeah uh, I, I will eventually i mean it looks too good not to but um i'm kind of waiting until you know some of the issues that that mm. cd project are trying to resolve get resolved before i dive into that deep pool of cyber energy yeah well I, yeah, I did experience a few bugs and glitches, but i got to say, they nailed the, the narrative of it, i tell you what, and the characters, much like The Witcher 3. And I, even even with The Witcher 3, I remember at launch, there was a few bugs and glitches, but I know that I know that they'll they'll fix everything. You know, they're, they're one of the best devs in the world for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've, they, they've been having a rough time recently. They have, they have. I, I feel for them because they really are some of the good guys. I don't think that, you know, I, in all my dealings with CD Projekt, they've been really, really great. Um, mm. And some of the things I've heard um, about some other studios, I won't name any names, obviously, but, you yeah. know, so, I mean, none of them are outright evil. That's just, you know, that's not how the There's business human works. There, but yeah. 
Yeah, they're human beings, but I think CD Projekt, they, they, just the ethos of the company has been very, very player-focused. Yeah. I mean, it's part of their manifesto. Um, it's been player-focused, and they want to put out good work. Um, that's their primary goal. So, mm. I, you know, I, I have great respect for them. Yeah, as do I. And obviously you would have seen that they pretty much officially confirmed that they will be doing another Witcher game and, an, I believe, more for Cyberpunk. What was your reaction to that when you saw that come out? Well, I kind of knew something was going to happen. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't no, – nobody at CD Projekt has told me anything specific, but yeah. um, I, had a, I had a hypothetical conversation with somebody from CD Projekt at one point uh, on the way to the – the Golden Joystick Awards in 2016. And we were just kind of talking about possibilities, you know, yeah. and I put forward a couple possibilities and, and uh, those possibilities were not, um, were not sneered at. Uh, oh, yes. So, Love it. yeah. Love not, it. Not, I'm not saying I know what's going to happen in a Witcher 4, even if it's called, I don't even know if it'll be called a Witcher 4. It'll just be another game set in the Witcher universe. Yeah. So we, you- we may not see Geralt in that game. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't because they they have said publicly that that's a trilogy. You know, that's a that's the story. So I don't know. Is it? Do, do we? Do you think it'll be another protagonist in the next one? Do you think that? Or I don't know. I mean, yeah. my my personal feelings, and this has been uh, kind of bandied about in various chat rooms and various other things as well. So it's not 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 only me who's wondering if this might be the avenue they they go down but yeah i think that there is a storyline related to siri when she pops off to all those other worlds i agree yeah you know if i were developing the next witcher game that's where i would go because there's so much there that they can work with um so my personal opinion that's all it is it's only an this opinion isn't confirmation <laughs> this is not confirmation Let's i get know that out nothing. of the way <laughs> um but yeah my, my feeling is that that's probably going to be a strong consideration for the next witcher game yeah and i'm you know it's not going to be out for a while guys <laughs> it's yeah. years and years away let's let's just yeah, be sure of that four or five years probably yeah even probably even more. Um, I mean, they've said they've already started working on it. We just, they haven't said at what stage they're at. So it's probably yeah. very early days. Yeah, I think so. But do, does that mean that, do you think, if it is that series storyline, do you think Geralt would have much of a impact on that or would be side character or nothing at all? It's hard to know. Could, could be yeah. any of those three, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I imagine he'd pop in here or there. You know, that Siri might have memories of conversations with Geralt, or yeah, you know, um, cut scenes going back to um, moments between Geralt and Siri might happen. Mm. Um, who knows? Who knows? Either way, we'll it's, see. it's very exciting. I think. Yeah. Did you see a? Did you see a bump personally? Because the TV series obviously came out, and and it was a, it was a success. Did you see, because obviously the sales got bumped when that came out, Sub- mm. substantial sales growth. Did you see any more interactions on your social medias or did you feel that at all during that oh, period? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, BBC um, Radio contacted me and, and had me come up to the BBC offices for an interview all about wow. uh, the Witcher Netflix show and my re- my response to it and everything else. 
Um, on live TV? Uh, it was radio. Radio, actually, sorry, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. I, I don't remember what the name of the show is, but it's a, it's a specialist game show on Radio 1, I think it is. That's a and, deal, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was kind of exciting. But yeah, I had journalists contacting me and and um, wanting my opinion about the casting of Henry Cavill and about, oh, you would have uh, heard that once, a lot. <laughs> oh, I got a lot of questions about oh. that. Um, and uh, and then once the show aired, it was you know all about you know questions about what I thought about what they did and stuff. And you know, frankly, I always knew it was going to be something different from the game. Because mm. Lauren Hishrich, the the showrunner, she'd been really clear from, right from the beginning that they were basing the entire uh, TV series on the books, and um, you know the the games they deviate somewhat from the books. The books are a really important uh, starting point for the games, but then you know the games shoot off in all kinds of directions that maybe are hinted at in the books, but aren't necessarily explored fully, um, or aren't even mentioned. So. The Witcher Netflix series, I knew was going to, you know, be a whole different kettle of fish. Same world, same characters, but a different, different feel, different vibe, everything else. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I personally, I was thrilled when Henry was cast. I thought he, he, you know, I mean, there were some early, early kind of like, oh wow, you know, Henry Cavill, wow, mm. okay, interesting, interesting choice. But then the more I kind of looked at it the more i thought actually I'm, i think he's going to be really good mm. um she's certainly got the physique and now we've oh, now not we've as good as you though oh no yeah yeah no I, I oh man hands down i beat henry in a you know in a in a stud contest yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> no i i like him because and i i like that he does a lot of research it feels like he does a lot of research like he read the books and he played the games and not a lot of Hollywood actors would go to that length, would they really? Yeah, he did a lot of research. Well, I mean, he was a big fan of the books and the games before he was even cast. And yeah, exactly. In fact, when when he found out that uh, that the Witcher TV series was going to be made, he 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 actually he's had pursued. in the yeah yeah he 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 stalked Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't say that, but he I've I've seen interviews with him where you know he basically said, yeah, you know, I I wanted that role, so. I put myself out there and, and I put myself in front of Lauren and, you know, and eventually that's, you know, that worked out. And so, you, have you ever met him before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was very fortunate. Um, wow. He's a really lovely guy. Yeah. He's a really, really nice guy. And I think that shows in, in, in the gesture I'm about to um, tell you about. So the Witcher Netflix uh, episode one it um, it launched in London uh, in November twenty was it nineteen was it no twenty eighteen November twenty eighteen and it had a live launch at a a, a theater in um, in Leicester Square and out of the blue one day I got a, a DM on Instagram from this this guy claiming to be Henry Cavill. And the text just said, hey, Doug, big fan of your work. Um, uh, hoping you might be able to make it to the launch and the after party um, in November. Um, let me know if you're interested. And I was like, fuck this. Somebody's playing a joke on me. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah, believe yeah. it at first. No, I was I just like, no, no. 
But just in case, I'm going to respond to this DM because I get a lot of DMs doing a lot of things uh, and I ignore a lot of them. Uh, but I decided, well, this one I, I had to respond to because there was this chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I, I messaged back. And I said, if this is, uh, if this is true and the invitation is real, then yes, please. Um, but how do I know this is really you or something like that? <laughs> and he wrote back and he said, ha ha, yeah, I can totally get that. All right, well, I'll send you proof once I land in somewhere he was going, Malta or wherever he was going to to shoot something. Oh my God. Um, and so gradually, I mean, it, it, I mean, from, from that reply, I kind of knew, yeah, this is Henry. Um, you could just tell, then, yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, it was too casual. You know, somebody who's being a... a um, Impersonator would, yeah. Yeah, quite often it's broken English or it's, mm. Um, mm. you know, you can just tell by the way that things are being said that, you know, th this person isn't really who they say they are. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I went to the I went to the launch and um, it was really cool. I mean, he, he was so sweet. He he put me in with his personal entourage. Oh, wow. So I was hanging out with his girlfriend. Or I don't know. Actually, I don't know if that was his girlfriend. There was just a woman with him. She might have been a, a personal assistant. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I was hanging out with all his family, <laughs> uh, his brothers, his parents, um, all oh this God. stuff. And yeah, so we went, we went to the, we went to the premiere, we watched the thing, and then we all piled into the vans and we went to this um, uh, private club somewhere in, Covent Garden, I think it was, and um, yeah, it was a big party for the cast and cast and crew and and the um, producers and you know close friends and family and stuff like that. And so I was all part of that. And then um, about I don't know forty five minutes an hour into hanging out there with with people talking to members of the cast and stuff, um, Henry's um, main personal assistant came over and said duck duck come come on henry wants to have a chat so um so i went it took me into this back room where his his family were and stuff and we stood there and we had a we had a lovely chat for an hour maybe wow. an hour and a half that's awesome we talked about the witcher we talked about superman we talked about acting and hollywood and we talked about you know uh you know just all kinds of stuff mm. um Really casual, really easy, lovely guy. That's great to hear. That really is great to hear. And you obviously you watched the whole show in the end. Yeah. 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 Twice. I had to watch it twice because the first time around, I didn't get what they were doing with the time jumps. I just didn't clock it. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it was about it was about three quarters of the way through the show through through the uh, the episodes. I suddenly went, oh, oh, they're jumping in time. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to go back. So I watched the end and then I went back and I watched from the beginning again. And then, I, you know, I, I, I got it. So uh, that's, that's awesome. So it's got your side of stick of approval. Yeah. Loved it. I thought it was fantastic. That's awesome. I haven't, I have, I've only watched the first couple of episodes just recently. So I'm, I'm, um, I got to finish it. I've got some questions yeah. here for you, Doug, from the, uh, from the chat that I'd like to, ask you first one is from taron he says uh or she says i think it's a he who's your favorite witcher apart from Geralt? do you have a favorite a favorite witcher apart mm. from Geralt? 
That's stretching your knowledge a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no. I, the, the, I mean, the only three that I know, other than some of the, you know, there's that witcher from the school of the cat who's nuts in the books. Um, and then there's, um, there's another, it's not Letho, is it? Is Letho a witcher? Letho, Letho? I can't remember. We'll see if the chat, um, chat say anything. Yeah, the chat will say something. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's, there's Vesemir, Eskel, and Lambert, isn't there? Eskel's coming so, up. Yeah. Yeah. Eskel, Lambert, Vesemir. Vesemir is his kind of, um, I feel so out of, I feel so out of touch, man, because I haven't played this game in about four years, four or five years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to choose Lambert, but the only reason is because there's a lovely little limerick associated with Lambert. Lambert, Lambert, what a prick. <laughs> and I can't remember what the rest of it is, but you know, I I love that little cheekiness. <laughs> uh, Kelly asks, would you like to do a cameo in the Witcher series? That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. No, I suggested this to Lauren and she laughed <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. And I, I said to her, well, I either, either I could, I could just, you know, I could just be like a, well, I, you know, like the cyberpunk thing. I could be like a, a, a tavern guy who serves at the bar or something. Yeah, yeah. Beer. yeah. At the bar. Um, or I, I love this one. I love the idea of me just being in every single episode somewhere in the background. And it's oh, like, I love that. Where's, where's Doug? Like where's Waldo? Where's <laughs> yes. Doug in this episode? Can you see yes. him? Can you find him? You need to pitch that to, to Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's I cool. have. And I think that, for reasons that are probably very good and um uh you know and and there are probably several of them uh she probably would prefer not to do that <laughs> <laughs> um people are asking did, did you did you get sucked into gwent i mean i reckon i spent 40 50 hours in the witcher 3 playing gwent and then they finally released yeah. a standalone for me to sink another 100 hours into <laughs> Did you did you yeah. get sucked in I, like me or not? No, I didn't. Oh. Um, and unfortunately, very unfortunately, I was quoted in an interview. I was at Momocon a few years back, and this uh, lovely guy was interviewing me. And he wrote up a great article. I loved it because it, it absolutely represented the night that we were out in Atlanta. Um, and uh, some just, you know, some random things happened, and he he uh, he told the tale well. Uh, with one exception, he asked me uh, if I played Gwent, and at the time, um, it, it was it was late in the evening. I'd been doing signings all day. I was a little bit tired, but I just went, "Oh man, I hate Gwent," and and just that joking. ended up in the interview. Yeah. And I, but I went on to explain to him, you know, I said, "No, I don't. I don't hate Gwent. I I, I played Gwent. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I always lose." So I stopped playing it because I just sucked at it. Um, but he didn't put that in the article. He just said, Doug says he hates Gwent. And so wow, I, got I got a message from the guy who invented the bloody game at CD Projekt <laughs> saying, Doug, man, this, this guy, Raph, uh, Raph. And um, oh, he said, Doug, no. man, why do you say you hate Gwent? Man, that's my baby. I said, I'm sorry. I was misrepresented a little bit there. You know, I don't hate Gwent. I just suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an amazing story. Oh, far out. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, 
<laughs> so you said that you, the voice was a bit of Dirty Harry, a bit of Clint Eastwood to get into that voice. Is that the, like, did you audition yeah. for this role? How did that come about? You've probably asked it, been asked this a million times, but. Yeah, it was an audition. So yeah. I got called in to um, outsource media in London uh, who recorded the first Witcher game mm-hmm. and um, met this guy named Boris and uh, yeah, just auditioned. So I was in the booth for maybe 10 minutes and we played with, multiple different voices and sounds and things like that. And he kept saying, flatten them out, flatten them out, lower, deeper. And so eventually we got down to the, you know, the the deep gravelly voice that we all now know and recognize as Geralt of Rivia. Um, but back then it was a little bit, it had to push it a little bit more. Um, and uh, thankfully they went with that. It's amazing. The rest is sort of history. The rest is sort of history. Isn't it amazing? Unbelievable. Uh, I also did. I am I am I right in saying this? You were in Horizon Zero Dawn. I swear, I heard I your voice. I'm everywhere. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you all the NPCs? Uh, I, 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 yeah, I ended up voicing a whole bunch of M- NPCs. Um, so you know, you'll you'll be wandering. There's a particular area of of the world where my voice is encountered. The town, I think, is it? Is it? Yeah. Well, there's the town, but there's also um, out in the countryside, you'll run across a guy standing by a fire who's moaning about something, and it's me. <laughs> so I recorded basically three or four NPCs who are all basically the same character, uh, but one of them is drunk, one of them's pissed off. <laughs> One of them's um, uh, leching on on what's her name. Um, another one is <laughs> moaning about something or other. So I recorded all these different states of being for this character, yeah. and then they just kind of put him in random places throughout the Horizon Zero Dawn world. So were you pissed that day? Were you like annoyed that day in uh, in the set, or was it fun? <laughs> no, it was just another job, to be honest. I mean, it's always yeah. fun. But, um, you know, that, that's one of those jobs where you show up and you know, it's, you you know, it's just filler. Mm -hmm. So you have fun with it and you walk away and go have a coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you know, you're going in to play uh, a main character or a main supporting character, then you go in with that, you know, a little bit more excitement. You're like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were, you were also in Terminator. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah. The new one. I haven't played it yet. But I'm going to. It's coming out on PS5 very shortly, actually. Um, yeah, I think it's already out on PS4 and Xbox One. I, yeah, yeah, it's right on PS5. I'm pretty I'm sure I've seen PS5. gameplay. Waiting for the PS5. Yeah. But, um, I can't remember my role? character's name, though. Colin, I think his name is. Colin, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't huge. It was nice, though. It was, it was a good yeah. two hours of recording, I think, maybe. Two or yeah. three hours. Yeah. Which isn't a lot when you compare it to something like Geralt, you know, which takes hundreds of hours. Oh. Um, but, you know. Everything would seem seem small compared to that yeah. after doing that for so many years. Uh, Ari says, Doug is Team Triss. You are Team you are team Triss, are you? I, I have gone on record saying that, yes, yes, me, Doug, I am Team Triss. Um, not that I have anything against Yen. 
um, you know, she's a perfectly acceptable option as well. You know, uh, they're, they're both beautiful, talented, powerful women um, uh, and intelligent, I should say, as well. So, you know, whichever of those uh, women you decide to go for or not go for, as it may be, um, you know, good for you. Man, you know. <laughs> it's just a game. I, I think it's just a game. <laughs> And chat's gonna go crazy. It's not just a game, it's <laughs> our life. Uh um yeah. Yeah, it's uh I I just I always feel a little bit like Yen treats Geralt like a wayward child. And um yeah, she does. Triss treats him more like a valued friend. And I like that I like that dynamic better. You know, it's do you have the stats behind that? Like how many picked her over one over the other? Do you know any stats on no, that? I'd no love to idea. know. I'd say Trish is in front, but I wonder how you much think? Bond. See, I was going to say I bet Yen's in front. Really? Because, the, yeah, the, 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 the Yen camp seems to be very, or maybe they're just very vocal. They're vocal, I, don't know. I think. I think they're very yeah. vocal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're very vocal. Uh, but I've, I've, I think both sides are very what vocal. What are you? What are you? Are you team Trish or team Yen? <sighs> I've oh, I've done both. I've seen both out, but I'm Trish. I'm Trish, yeah, same as you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could make an argument for Shani as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's neither Trish nor Yen. Shani. <laughs> um, Ari says, "Great interview. Hoping to see Geralt on an upcoming game. What about Cyberpunk 2077? Pan Am or Judy? Unfortunately, Doug hasn't played the game yet, so yeah, I haven't played the game, so I don't know. He can't." Um, he can't uh, answer that one yet. No comment. Um, <laughs> no, no comment. So you've got um, so you so you've got um, any upcoming projects that you can talk about, mate, or are they all just sort of NDA'd out of out of? Yeah, they're all NDA'd at the moment. Yeah, um, uh, I've recorded three or four things recently, actually. Wow. Um, nice. uh, Nothing huge, nothing nearly on the par of The Witcher, mm. um, and not even triple A's. I don't think. I, sometimes it's hard to tell. Sometimes it's hard to tell because they shroud them in mystery. You know, they <laughs> you know they they have code words for the titles, and sometimes all I know is the nature of the character that I'm recording and the environment that the character is in, and then I see the lines, and I don't know who's producing it. I don't know how big it is. I don't know when it's coming out. Um, I, I don't even know who the other characters are. You know, I'm just recording in this void. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. It's a weird industry, isn't it? It's the only, yeah. it feels like it's the only industry where you know, most people know nothing you know, about what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but you do, you do it. You're a professional and you would never know. Uh, uh, Ab, Ab says, do you enjoy voice acting the most out of all the things that you do, theater, directing, etc.? I wouldn't say I enjoy it the most, but no. I certainly enjoy it. Um, it's, I mean, it's really good fun. It's different though. You know, it's different. Uh, it was really nice to be back on a set interacting with other actors recently. You know, I mean, this is just last week. Um, and it's been so long since I've been on a set. Um, I mean, I think it's been over a year because the industry just shut down. Mm. So hardly anything was shooting. Um, 
uh, and the things that we're shooting, we're shooting with like a skeleton crew and a skeleton cast, you know, like a cast of three and, and a crew of, you know, 10. And that was it. So casting opportunities were really few and far between. But just getting on that set and having that live interaction. I mean, that's one of the things I love about acting is that, that, that exchange of energy, that give and take. And uh, oh, it was lovely. Um, the, um, the actor playing the lead in the, uh, the thing I, I did last week, I won't mention her name because it might give too much away. Yeah. But I mean, she's a, you know, reasonably well-known, well, no, I, she's a well-known Hollywood actor. And, um, and she was wow. perfectly lovely. And um, she, she comes in and she has to remove someone else from the situation that I've put them in. And she has to get, get really mad at me. And man, the daggers she was shooting out of her eyes at me. And it was just so nice because that's the, that's the kind of thing actors live for. You know, it's that oh, no. exchange of energy and that dynamic. And, you know, yeah. we had to shoot the thing numerous times. So uh, I got to experience that, that give and take with her, uh, you know, 10, 20 times. So, so I love that. I love that about acting. And in voice acting, you don't have that. Um, it's different. Sometimes Unless you're you have, doing motion capture, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're doing motion capture or performance capture, and then, then you do have that. Yeah, um, which is why you want to do it so badly. Yeah, now it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it does. It, but it's it, just different, you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. um, I love the live theater as well. Uh, you know, I, I my most of my training was for theater, um, and I love performing live in front of an audience. There's just there's nothing nothing more thrilling and adrenaline shooting than than that because anything could go wrong and you have to just deal with it in front of a live audience. And um, you know that's scary and exhilarating and and the the energy that you get off the audience as well is really really cool. So are you still doing that now that like COVID's starting to get we're getting a bit more of a handle on it? Is that sort of world starting to build itself back up or not really? The theater industry is starting to slowly come back to life. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't performed live on stage since I think it might have been 2009 or 10. It's been a long time. So since you, you, you're, you're more directing now, aren't you? I've directed a number of productions um, at the university level. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah I directed 14 productions, actually. Uh, that's, that's, that's not a small number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I produced over seventy. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. Well, because I, I was running the course at AUB, and and the third year for the students was all about live productions, or a lot of it was about live productions. So, yeah, every year I was, um, you know, producing or co-producing shows that we were getting professional directors in to do, or I did, or a number another member of staff directed. Um. Yeah, so I did a lot of directing. So I haven't been out of the live theater. I've just been doing a different role within it. But I'd love to get back to live theater. That's um, it's not as well paid, um, uh, but it's 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 probably you do my, it for the love of it, true love. Yeah, yeah. It's not about the money. It's just everyone seems to just absolutely love it. Uh, Acian says, "Did Doug ever listen to the audio books read by Peter Kenny? Very different voice, but also great." Not all the way through, no. 
uh, but I have dipped in. So, cause when I found out that there were audio books, um, I was curious. So yeah, um, I downloaded one of them, listened to it for a while. And then I just never quite got back to it cause I was doing other things, mm. but yeah, Peter Kenny, he's great. And he's a real lovely guy as well. He's, um, I've not met him in person, but we've interacted on, uh, social media and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's kind of fun because we, uh, I know that there are other Geralts in other languages, um, and they can join this club too, obviously. But in terms of the English language, um, Geralts, it's a, it's a very small club. It's Peter, me, and Henry. So that's kind of fun. Have you heard the other interpretations, like the Polish and the, the Dutch versions? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the Polish, I've heard the German. Uh, I heard a bit of the French. I, I heard a if, little teeny bit of Japanese. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. Japan. I'm pretty sure it was Japanese. They've got a tough task, don't they? That's yeah. not well, easy. Couldn't yeah, easy. it's hard. I've done some localization work. Yeah. And it's really, it can be really challenging. It takes, you know, takes some skill to do it. Because um, of the timing uh, and the rhythm of the, you know. Well, and also what you're doing, you're not just re-recording the lines in a different language you're having to a certain extent having to translate uh the original recordings uh performance mm. intentions within that culture yeah yeah and translate it into mm. translate it into something that will, will have a similar impact in a different culture so what what a what a Polish audience might laugh at, um, that, that, that Geralt might say, if they, if they, if they translate direct from English into Polish might and translate the, the performance effect. directly, might not have the same effect. So not only are you having to perform, but you're having to translate the meaning, uh, that someone else has already kind of generated and translate that into a different language and culture. <laughs> so I have mad respect for the, folks who do localizations you know it really is a, a skill um and uh, i mean i can't i can't judge them because i don't speak those languages and i don't know those cultures the way that someone from that culture speaking that language would but you know i mean i've seen on the chat you know several people have said oh man you know the polish Geralt is the best great that's cool man you know it, it's that means that that actor did a fucking great job yeah no Wait, that's that is good. That is good. Even like Call of Duty, you're probably familiar with that game. That some of the characters there, they have like twelve versions: German, Japanese, Polish, French, everything. So it's it's uh, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of stuff that people just don't see. Uh, Bryn says, were there any major differences between recording for Witcher One compared to Witcher Three? Uh yeah. Yeah, I'd say one of the main ones is the number of trees we killed in Witcher 1 <laughs> compared to how many we killed in Witcher 3 um, because the technology changed. So in Witcher 1, we had sheets and sheets and sheets of dialogue on, printed out on paper. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And by the time we got to Witcher 3, it was all on the television in front of me. So, you know, we, we saved a, a lot of trees in Witcher, and that started probably about halfway or three quarters of the way through Witcher Two, actually, that we started getting the the televisions in the in the rooms and the and the 
um, dialogue sheets up on the televisions. So that was a change for the better environmentally. Um, yeah. You don't think of that at all. I mean, there, there were other changes as well. Uh, you know, the CD project shifted voice production studio between Witcher one and Witcher two, um, for reasons only they know. I don't, I don't really fully understand, but my, my understanding is that they wanted to kind of go back to the drawing board and do everything just that bit differently. And for them, that also meant changing vo voice production studio. Um, so there was that, but something I noticed throughout Witcher one, two, and three is the the amount of emotional life that the writers allowed Geralt to have. I like to think that I was some influence on that because in Witcher one, they kept telling me to take all the emotion out of him. Um, really? that he had no emotion at all. Yeah, yeah. It describes him that way in the books. And even in the books, though, I don't think that he's... I mean, we see emotion from him mm. in the books. And so I never fully agreed with that. I tried to do what they wanted. But inevitably, because I'm human and because I'm an actor and actors deal in human emotions, that's that's principally what we do. Um, you know, some emotion slipped in and probably some of it was unconscious and some of it was conscious. Some of it was like, oh, he can't be completely dead on this line or it's not going to have any impact. Um, so I kept pushing in in small, subtle ways the limits of what the writers or, or, or whoever at CD Projekt was evaluating this, what they wanted in terms of his emotional availability, his emotional expression, all of that. But the writers also, um, they just allowed him more. So as they, as they gave me more opportunities for Geralt to have an emotional life, I just kept pushing the envelope just that tiny bit. So between me and the writers and the director, who was also, you know, either reining me in or letting me go a bit further, um, we see a different Geralt in Witcher 3 from the one we see in Witcher 1. Oh, yeah. And you can, you can practically track his progress. You know, it's just, mm. you know, if you, if you were to go through in great detail, you could probably pin, pinpoint some milestone moments where Geralt takes another step up on the emotional um, it's the exact same available for, scale. Um, it's the exact same for David Bateson, who plays Agent 47 in Hitman. I had him on the show, and he said the same thing. It's at the first very... Not much emotion, but as the developer they developed the character and as the years went on, he became more human, humanized. It sounds very similar to, to your story. It's interesting. Maybe it was back then that that was the cool cool character trait, you know, a real badass that doesn't have much emotion. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. Yeah. I don't know. See, I I, I think I think even a bad character has to have redeemable, not necessarily redeemable. Cause like, you know, in that, that film, no country for old men. Oh, I love it. And yeah. um, yeah, great film. I can't remember the actor's name who, um, who plays the, the baddie. Yes. Oh man. I mean, cause that character is nasty. He's a oh. nasty piece of work, yeah. but there are just little teeny moments that he plugs in. I know. Where you just go, there is something more to you than the than the the vicious killer that that you obviously are. 
You know what I mean? Like, I hundred percent know what you mean. Yeah, hundred percent know what you mean. I love that movie. Now, now, got to watch it again. That you've uh, you've bring that up. Um, <laughs> we've got another question here. Hey, Doug, I'm a massive fan. The Witcher Three is one of my favorite games ever. What are your thoughts on Gaunter Odim? That's from Mikiel. Well, he's a mysterious mirror fellow, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all you say on that one, is that right? <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? I just got reminded of the. I I saw. I think it went viral. The pickle Rick stuff. I think it was a cameo oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Did you expect that? Uh, uh, no, I thought I was just doing something funny for somebody who wanted something funny for their friend. Yeah, you know, it was it, it was it, it was one of those cameos where, um, I, you know, you kind of do a double take and go, "Should I do that?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, you know, because I have to be a little bit careful about the, you know, the the character of Geralt. You know, there there are some things he can say and some things he can't. Um, oh, you'll get in trouble. Yeah. Well, I might not. I I have gotten in trouble in the past for saying certain things that were perhaps too political or too political in a, per, a, a particular way or whatever it is. But the thing is, I can't. Geralt can't go there. He, I don't own him, and I can't give him a a real world political life. That's not fair, uh, because people from all different walks of life love the character for all kinds of reasons and because of who i am and my relationship with the character i have to be a little bit careful about how i represent him someone else you know a big fan wants to you know put a political stamp on Geralt. great go for it that's 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 you but because of my relationship with with Geralt, the character and with cd project i just have to be that little bit sensitive to well to to fans, but also to, to, to Geralt. Um, he's a, he's described in the books as a character who doesn't want to be a political beast and mm. he tries really hard not to be. So I try to respect that a little bit. And if you guys do want a cameo from Doug, the links in the description, you can grab one over there and, um, and that's just yeah, doing those for, for uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Cameo is a it's a video messaging kind yeah. of thing. So you you go on and you order a Cameo for your friend who's having a birthday or who's having a wedding anniversary or or for your wife uh, for your wedding anniversary or whatever it is. And I get on there and I I say a few nice things and uh, in Geralt's voice and and yeah. then you show it to your your friend or loved one and they and they go. <gasps> Yeah, the the reaction videos are fantastic. Oh yeah, it must lovely be lovely cool. to see. Is it amazing meeting the fans and 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 hearing the stories? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I mean, I don't really meet them on cameo, but when no, 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 I mean just yeah, yeah. conventions and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it at conventions. Um, I, the very first one I went to, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, and I was frankly a bit scared because I didn't, I hadn't interacted. Scared, as in nervous, or nervous? Yeah, not scared, but yeah. not like terrified or anything. But you know, uh, 
uncertain how to behave, uncertain what was going to happen, uh, and so nervous because I I didn't I didn't know how it all all would play out. Um, would anybody even come to my table? You know, there are questions know. like yeah. that going. Yeah, um, but uh, I love conventions now. Um, I've been to a number of them, um, and I'm going to some coming up uh, if they happen uh, in Australia. Hopefully, no, oh. no, not in Australia. <laughs> I'd love to come to Australia. No, I'm doing um, Scotland Scotland Comic Con in October, and it looks like. I might be doing Sacramento, uh, what is it called? Anime Fest, Sacramento, anime, Sac Anime, Sac Anime, Sacramento, California in September. Um, and I'm supposed to be in Orlando for the Anime Fest Orlando in June, but just don't know if that's going to go ahead yeah. yet or not. But what I love yeah. about the conventions is... Um, The people who come and talk to me at my table, they just want to have a joyful conversation about something that they love. I mean, that's what those conventions are about. It's about people celebrating worlds and characters and storylines and, you know, things that they love. So the atmosphere is always so positive. And um, I've, I've had nothing but really positive, really joyous interactions at conventions. And you walk away from those exhausted, but also just feeling up because mm. everybody's so, you know, having a great time. Just and I'm sure there are people who aren't, but, you know, my experience of it is that, you know, the people I talk with are, are thrilled to meet me. They want to talk about the, the Witcher. They want to have a connection to it. Um, mm. and to the character of Geralt. And, and that's, you know, that's something I'm very happy to provide. What are they, like, when they ask you to do the voice or the put on the voice, um, do they, what line do they go to? Is it, is it the roach line? Is it, hmm? Is it, what, what, <laughs> what do they ask you? Is it the silver line? What, what, is there one specific line that they ask you to do or is it a bunch? No, there's a, there's a lot of different ones. But after the Wit, uh, Witcher Netflix came out, it was, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah. things like um, you know, how you like that silver. Yeah. Uh, winds winds howling. Looks oh. like rain. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got all that kind of stuff. I've got people here asking, do you hate portals? <laughs> uh Geralt does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Geralt. I've does. never been not, in one. Not you. <laughs> I have a feeling it would be quite an uncomfortable sensation if it wasn't something you were doing all the time, you know? Yeah. How many hours did you put into the game, by the way? Because I reckon Playing I've, it or Yeah, playing it. Gosh, I don't remember. Did you do all the side quit? Did you polish everything off or just the story? No, I don't think I did. Yeah. I think um I think I did a lot of side quests. You can hear my dog going nuts. <laughs> oh. The doorbell rang, so he's going bonkers. Oh, he's, um, really? He's a little border terrier named Digby. Oh, nice. Normally, he's really quiet. That's all right. When, the, you door, can, you can when the door goes. If you need to like, step away, you can. It's all right. No, no, it's okay. My, my wife and my youngest son are here in the house. So oh, they'll, cool. They'll, they'll look after the dog in the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's dead asleep at the moment. She had a big day. Golden Retriever. 
Oh, uh, I love golden retrievers. Yeah. Yeah, very cute. So, yeah, you, you didn't polish everything off, you don't think? No, I'm sure I didn't. I'm sure I didn't. I've gone back several times just to go back in and find things that I hadn't done before and go do them and just mess around. Um, I have this vague recollection that I may have put somewhere around 165 hours in. Yeah, um, nice. Just Just go with but, that. Just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> it was under 200. I know that. And it was higher than 100. So somewhere yeah. in there. <laughs> it's possible. Have do you, do you get to play much these days? Is there anything that you've played oh, in the last man. couple do you of know, years? Uh, do you know, I have not played, with the exception of Nidhogg, which I've, I've played with one or both of my sons a couple times um, over the past six or eight months or something like that. Yeah. Aside from Nidhogg, I haven't played anything in well over a year. I think I finished Assassin's Creed Origins in October or November 2019. And I have just not been able to dip my oars into another game since then. Um, part of it is time. I just don't have the time to devote to it at the moment mm. um and part of it is uh i think i actually got a little bit burnt out because i was playing so many games big, for several big years RPGs. yeah yeah big rpgs you know god of war um sinuous uh um hellblade, hellblade. Sinuous sacrifice um uh which uh Assassin's Creed. Uh, yeah witcher assassin's creed um uh, red dead redemption um Oh, what's, what's, what's the one with the 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 Nazis and the submarine and the blah, 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 blah. Um, Wolfenstein 2? Yep. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I, you know, I, I must have played three, four dozen games. Yeah. Big games in yeah. the span of two and a half, three years. And, um, and it was great. But... Uh, yeah, I just kind of go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, it's just need to take a break. Yeah. 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 So, combination of time and um, I need to just step away for a little while. It's been too long now, though. I want to get back into it, but I'm, um, I've, I've managed to make myself super busy. Um, when, uh, when my contract at, uh, at the university I was teaching at ended and I was looking into this kind of COVID void for this year. Yeah. I was like, well, what am I going to do? I know that work's going to be a little bit slow because nothing's shooting. I don't know how many games are going to be recording over here. I don't know how many are going to be recording remotely. Um, I knew there were going to be more lockdowns. So I was like, well, what can I do? You know what, what am I going to do with my, with my time, with my energy? I did think about playing games and stuff, but I was like, no, I want to come out of this lockdown and this mess with something, something solid, something I can point to. I can go, I did that. And um, so I decided to do an MBA <laughs> for my sins. So I've been doing a master's of business administration course at Bournemouth university. Oh my God. And um, wow. Yeah. And working, uh, I've had more work than I expected, thankfully. Um, uh, it, but yeah, between, you know, cameos and interviews and professional work and, and MBAs and uh, online signings. And I've been super, super busy. 
two yeah two teenage boys yeah uh, a dog to walk you know dinners yeah. to make yeah i'm busy man <laughs> <laughs> yeah are you the chef of the house i think i've seen a couple of your uh concoctions on Instagram? I like to cook. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my wife cooks too. You know, we, we probably split it evenly between us, but I yeah. do enjoy cooking. I mean, sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's just, I need to eat something and we, you know, I need to make it. So sometimes make it's, yeah, sometimes it's enjoyable. I enjoy it. I, yeah. I enjoy trying new things. I enjoy, you know, taking old things and doing them in slightly different ways. Mm. Um, yeah. I yeah. Enjoy it. Your son's gamers. Um, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. My, my oldest, actually, he's home at the moment. He's going back to university tomorrow. Um, uh, he was on Red Dead Redemption 2 last night for most of the evening. Um, you can hear him. <laughs> I went and watched him for a while. Oh, did you? Know? you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just for like 10, 15 minutes, I went and watched him. And, um, uh, my youngest for, a good hour or two yesterday, he was on um, Ultimate Fighting Championship or Ultimate Fighting Challenge or whatever it is. You know the you know yeah. the Ultimate Fighting game. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the one of the more recent ones. Yeah, uh, so there's hundreds. There. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if yeah. I asked them what's your favorite game of all time, they would say Witcher Three or not. Ah, uh, my youngest probably wouldn't. He'd oh. probably say. FIFA or oh, UFC. No. no. He's not he's not a role play oh, kind of game oh, okay. guy. But my oldest is and he played all the way through Witcher 3. Um I can't remember that's what ending cool. he got. That's cool. I like that that's pretty cool. Like I feel Yeah, like... he's loving Red Dead Redemption. So every time he's home from university, um at least, you know, a couple times he'll get on for, you know, 6 8 hour long sessions on Red Dead 2. Well, let him know that I interviewed John Marston. So he can come on the channel and watch that after he's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, what 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 does Doug do outside? Like when you when you're relaxing, besides cooking, is there any other things you like to do just to unwind? Whoa. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I seem to be pretty tightly wound oh, you these sound days. Like, you sound like me. You sound like me. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> no, I I do I do play guitar. Oh, uh, nice. very poor. Yeah, very poorly. Don't ask me to play for you because I'll 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 make a hash of it. <laughs> but I enjoy making noise with it. Um, I I read I read for pleasure. Um, yep. not as much as I would like because I've got lots of other things I'm reading at the moment. But uh, anything you yeah, can recommend to us at the moment? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what is it called? It's downstairs. Uh. Oh God! It's the it's the book series written by that English author. He's written tons of them. The main character is Uhtred of Bebenberg. Um, there's a TV show that's been made of it now. The first, the first. Oh, somebody will remember it. Um, the Last Kingdom. The Last Kingdom. Yeah, that's the first book in the whole series, and I'm reading one of the latest ones, and it's this fantastic series, and it's all based on. Uh, real events and real people in England's past. Um, and uh, oh, voice does not sound similar, Evan. Come on. Do you think all voice actors sound exactly like their, their characters? No. No. <laughs> you want Geralt, you have to ask for the, ki- for the voice. <laughs> See? 
<laughs> I have to do it. Um, uh, anyway, sorry, I saw that one coming. I was like, oh, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I bet you're going to say next that I don't look like Geralt either. Yeah. Oh, I, I've seen you with a beard. If you get that long hair going, there's a cosplay on. Oh, uh, there's no no chance in any of the six. Well, there's always a week up with long hair. There's always a week <laughs> option. <laughs> uh, but no. yeah, the Last Kingdom books, um, and I don't remember nice. the author's name, but he's brilliant. So I've been really enjoying those. Do you have a favorite book series of all time? Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you can't no, beat man, it. I don't think you can't beat it. I, I it's just I grew up on it. Masterpiece, man. isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I I was introduced to The Hobbit when I was in I think it might have been fourth or fifth grade. My teacher, Mr. Langdon, he was a great teacher. And uh every day for the entire I don't know if it was all year long, he might have gotten through it, but every day he would take a small section of the of the day. 15 or 20 minutes or something like that and he would read to us from the hobbit and so i just fell in love with that you know the the hobbit and the hobbit world and then i found out about lord of the rings and i started reading lord of the rings when i was 10 or 11 something mm. like that um it took me a while at that age but i got through it and i've read it like six times now yeah all the way through love it love lord of the rings and the movies oh uh, i love 10 the movies out of 10. too yeah 10 out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. People yeah. are asking as well, have you read the books? I think we mentioned you have read the Witcher books, a lot of the Witcher books, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've read all of them, yeah. Yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't oh, yeah, them. Bernard Cornwell. Sorry, Bernard Cornwell, The Last Kingdom author, author. yeah. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, the one. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, I'll have to get on that. Um, DIYI says, I hear your voice plus the ambient music from The Witcher 3, and I instantly want to dive back in. What did you think of Geralt's final farewell? When he turns to the player. Oh, you mean on at the anniversary thing? I think so, yeah. I think that's what he means, yeah. He's like I'm guessing because he, he said turns to the player. I'm guessing he yeah, means Yeah, because there's, there's that 10-year yeah, yeah. anniversary or that something video, like that. Video, yeah. Video. Yeah, so here's, so, he, so here's to you. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. the last thing you recorded? I'm guessing it is. I don't think so. I think I've no? recorded some stuff since then. Little little trailers and oh, okay. stuff for Gwent. Oh, and Throne uh, Thronebreaker. I recorded oh, Gwent, some stuff yeah. for Thronebreaker. Of course, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So what did you think of that? I thought it was beautifully done. Oh, me it was too. really nice. I mean, again, going back to C D Project and their their emphasis on being there for the players, they didn't have to do that. You know, mm. they didn't have to make a 10-year anniversary video that was all about celebrating the journey that all those characters have been on. But, hey, you've been on that journey with us, is what they were saying. So thank you. Thank you for coming on that journey with us. That was a beautiful thing to do, you know? It really was. They don't get enough credit for that because not many devs would do that. Like, that costs yeah. money. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. It costs <laughs> money, and, and, and it, doesn't, it, it doesn't make any money. It doesn't make it any. Might, yeah, exactly might get some more interest in in the games from people who haven't played them before or something like that but yeah. you know that's only marginal mm. Mm. doug have you so. played any witcher game in polish and if so how was your take on the different approach i think we mentioned that before didn't we no i haven't played it in polish but i've i've seen, seen uh, gameplay yeah and he did a phenomenal uh, job well i don't speak heard. polish so i i don't really know uh you know yeah there'd be no reason for you to play in polish <laughs> 
you wouldn't you wouldn't be understanding anything. Uh. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a couple more because I know you're a busy man. Um, any advice for people wanting to get into acting, voice acting, theatre? What, what what advice would you mm. have for them? Oh, there's lots of advice I would give. Um, well, I would say Oh, gosh. That's a big <laughs> question, to be honest. It's a, you know, um, where do I start? Uh, I, I think that there's several questions there. One is about voice acting and the other is about acting. Well, go, go with voice acting then. Go with voice acting. Top right. level stuff. So if you want to get into voice acting, certainly go for it. I will give you this warning beforehand and say that the market for voice actors is absolutely saturated beyond belief at the moment because everybody and their mother and their mother's mother thinks they can do it and tries to do it. So on all the, the pay-to-play sites, things like Fiverr and um, Voices.com and stuff where you subscribe and you put your voice reels up and you, <clears throat> you put yourself forward for things and you... Um, uh, all this stuff. There's people on there who um, haven't got a clue what they're doing, first of all. Oh, yeah. Um, have no actor training whatsoever, so they're just, you know, pissing in the wind, really. Um, and there are people out there with talent, but the, that's not the main problem. The main problem is that a lot of people are driving the prices down in the industry. So if you want to be a voice actor... Um, just go into it with that warning. There are a lot of people out there doing it for a lot less than they should. So a lot of the people who should be making a living doing it genuinely because they're talented and know what they're doing aren't necessarily making the living that they should. So really? Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a big conversation that's happening in the community, actually. Really? Um, yeah. Because the, the um, lower talent are pushing down the price to get in. Is that what, is what you're yeah, saying? And what, yeah. yeah, and it's it's developed partly because, um, I mean, this is not to put down those people. I totally get it. You know, I I, I love the industry, and I can mm. see why people want to be part of it. Um, what's happened though is that until until maybe seven, eight, I don't know, maybe ten years ago. Um, in order to be a voice actor or a voiceover artist, you really had to, you had to go into a studio where there was a professional engineer with professional equipment to record whatever it was you were recording. And so in order to get the jobs, you had to hire a studio to make your demo reels, uh, to do all that. You had to get an agent to put you forward for things. Um, technology has changed. Mm. So you can get, you can buy a decent studio mic for around a hundred pounds now or $150. Yeah, there you go. What have you got? Road. 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 It's Road's two, nice. 250 You got the NT1. Aussie. Yeah, yeah, NT1. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a good mic. That's a that's a perfect starter mic. So there's some advice for you if you're looking to get into voiceovers. The Rode NT1 is a, a really really good basic but professional studio mic. So you pair that up with some sound insulation and um, you know, uh, not the aircon on in the on, background. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've had to turn off our dehumidifier in the hallway and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. So, um, you know, for basically, if you count a computer with a solid state drive in it, <clears throat> which you can get for around 500 pounds here, so that's $750 US. I don't know what that is, Aussie. About a um, thousand. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> for, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. For say, um, easily under a thousand pounds, British pounds, mm. fifteen hundred US dollars, two thousand Aussie dollars, you can get yourself set up to do voiceovers um, at a professional level. Well, you can get yourself set up to make the right kind of recordings. Right. Yeah. Um, and then for whatever amount you want to spend, you can put yourself out there on pay-to-play sites. Um, but do they work? And start, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, who knows? Yeah, I know. People yeah. are getting work from them, but I've seen people take jobs. I say I've seen people. I know of people who have taken jobs from those pay-to-play sites that they should have been getting 500 pounds for and they've got 50 dollars or 50 pounds for it because yeah. they don't really they're, they're trying to get credits for their cv or their or they don't know what the job's really worth so some of the companies are taking advantage of that as well so it's, it's like the wild west it's it's just it's it's the wild west out there in it voice sounds over. like it <laughs> yeah so uh, um yeah. yeah it is a bit of a shame so, yeah. My advice to you, if you want to get into it, is know that going in. Mm. There are some fantastic resources you can you can look into to learn more about the business and to learn better how to do it, how to edit uh, your recordings, how to what kind of mic to get, what you know, what kind of USB interface are the best. Mm. Um, I always point in the UK. There there are two main organizations that I point people to. One is Gravy for the Brain, and you can just type it into Google or Firefox or whatever, and, and Gravy for the Brain will come up. Fantastic online resource. They have lots of free stuff, but you can sign up, and it's it's like it's like thirty pounds a month, and you can cancel your subscription at any point. So that they've you can sign up for three months, learn a bunch of stuff, and then cancel and mm. go off in your yeah. happy direction. The other one is called the Voiceover Network, and uh, that's that's a little bit different from Gravy for the Brain, but similar idea where it's. People in the profession who are doing this professionally uh, get together and, you know, they have mutual workshops, they have guest speakers, they have, um, you know, online resources that you can tap into to learn how, how to set up your studio, how to, how to actually perform on mic. Um, they run workshops that you can, you know, pay whatever the price is for the workshop. Um, uh, they run yearly get togethers. Uh, um, where they have a whole weekend full of workshops and guest speakers, and all. You know, so there's there's resources like that out there. Mm. So take advantage of those resources before you do anything, because, like I said, there's free material. You can find out more about the industry. So before you invest in equipment, just look into it a bit more. I, I think you'll be pleased you did. And train, train on your voice. and train. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, get good. I mean, you know, using myself as an example. Be the best version of yourself. Be be the best version of yourself. I I trained as an actor. Um, 
Uh, you know, I spent four years in undergrad majoring in theater and with an acting emphasis. I worked professionally for three years, and then I went and did a, an MFA in acting, and three so three further years of specialist training. Um, and then I've had other training on top of that. Uh, so I've done a lot of training to learn how to do what I do. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that you have to have the same amount of training to do it. I mean, famously, Troy Baker, he didn't train as an actor. He was a musician. Um, yeah, he's told the he's, story on the show before, yeah, how he Yeah, but he's supremely it, yeah. talented, you know? Oh, so yeah. He, he, yeah, yeah. he had some, uh, you know, a, a few kind of lucky breaks early on that just just got him in, in front of the right people at the right time. And um, and then very clearly his talent came to the fore. And and he, yeah. and I, I actually saw his interview with you. Oh, you and, did? Um, nice. I, yeah, I watched a bit of it. And the, the bit I watched, he was talking about this and he was saying, oh, I made mistakes. You know, I really, really did some stupid stuff that I don't yeah. advise you to do. You know, so um, I've probably done some of the same kind of things. Uh, but so you can get into voice acting with no formal acting training. It does happen. It, it's not easy. But it's, it's um, the way we path. But it's possible. Yeah. It's, it's the un, uncommon path. The dirt road path, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple more because I know you're very, you've been very generous with your time. We really appreciate it, Doug. Um, Brandon just asked quickly, did you, do you think what you, which are one and two should be remade? No. I mean, you know, there's that whole thing of movies being remastered and stuff like that for Blu-ray or whatever. Um, and I could see that happening for for Witcher one and two, but I mean, I think they're 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 what they are. Let them be what they yeah. are. Um, is is but there a need? Said that, you know, yeah. Having said that, if CD Projekt came out with Witcher one um, remastered for PS five, you know, I bet loads of people would go for it. Yeah, I would play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'd play it. So there you go. Maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Sydney says, "Hey, hey, Doug. Um, I just want to say that this game got me into act, uh, gaming. Made me realize I like storytelling and I want to be a writer. And all round, made me realize my passions. So thank you, Doug. Oh, well, you're very welcome. I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a small cog in a very big wheel in the making of Witcher. Uh, but um, yeah, thank you. It's um, I love storytelling too. That's one of the main reasons I became an actor. Um, I just, I love a good story. And uh, to be in that story is even better uh, for me. So yeah, go write. I've, I've wanted to write as well. Uh, I'm, I used to write short stories and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, go be a writer. I mean, actors more often than not need you <laughs> mm. so. they do, i know we need good we need more good script writers and dy says yeah. is it hard to become a script writer these days um Ooh. i guess it is because uh, you can't just like if you were to write an incredible story how do you get that to the right people if you're just you know if you're just an everyday person do you know what i mean i think it's like everything in the arts you know, it's it's hard. It's a hard mm. path to walk. Um, because we we do these things because we love them, because we love writing, because we love um making music, because we love acting, because we love 
whatever it is, you know, sculpting. We do these things because we love them, but then ultimately, in order to be a professional at those things, it means you're being paid. Um, I mean, some people would argue that. Some people would say, you can be a professional artist and not get paid. Um, but the whole kind of definition of professional means that, you know... You get paid, surely. You get paid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's a hard, hard road. So, yeah, it, it can be difficult to become a script writer, a screenwriter. Um, but it's very similar to anything else in the industry. You know, you, you do your thing. Sometimes you have to work for free for a few projects just to mm -hmm. get the experience and to meet people and prove that you can actually do this thing that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then gradually you build up from there. And I, I, was, I had a conversation with somebody recently, somebody from my MBA a cohort who um, has done some extras work, but really wants to, you know, become a professional actor. And we had to go right back to the beginning. I had to explain, look, you know, right, you're going to have to take these steps, um, and and there's steps you may not want to take. But if you don't take them, you know, there's no short path to um, to working. Mm. You know, just like in in business or 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 other other things, sometimes as a as a young person or you're young in whatever it is you're trying to do, not necessarily in years, but in terms of your experience, sometimes you have to go back to the beginning. Sometimes you have to work for free. Sometimes you have to be an intern. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to be uh, in telecommunications sales. Um, sometimes you have to go work as an intern in a telecommunication, telecommunication sales company to learn how the business works. And then maybe that company will take you on, or maybe you take that experience and you take it to another company and say, look, I've had six months of internship experience. Um, this is what I know. Give me a shot. And then based on that, they give you the shot. Mm. So script writing, acting, writing, all of it, it's the same game. No, it's great. It's great advice. It's good insights, mate. Um, just looking back, final question. Looking back on, on The Witcher, and your, you know, your incredible work. In my opinion, on those games. Well, well, how do you look back on it all now, years later, just with gratitude? Yeah. Proud. Yeah, because like, yeah, I'm very proud of the work that I did on The Witcher and and on other games as well. Uh, and I'm I'm proud to still be around, to be honest. You know, it's not... <sighs> I just turned 50 this year. Really? Um, My God. Yeah. You're and, looking um, good, brother. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> What's your <laughs> secret? <laughs> What's your secret? <laughs> what is your secret? I thought you were not a day over 40. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you see quite often, you know, by by this time in a lot of professional actors careers they're starting to sh shift into uh, other avenues or they've already or they've already shifted because they have to mm. um um and i've been fortunate enough to be able to keep riding this horse <laughs> i'm riding roach still roach, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um but you know i i i am still making a living as a professional actor um, Which is an amazing thing. Yeah, I, and I—I I mean, I'm surprised every year that goes by that I, I look at my tax statement and go, 
wow, I, I did okay. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm not raking in big bucks. I'm not driving around in Ferraris or anything like that. You know, I yep. live in a semi, I live in a detached house in Bournemouth, England. Um, you know, paying off my mortgage, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a jobbing actor, mm. but I get enough work that I can actually live my life. Mm-hmm. So doing the you thing know. you love, which is what doing everyone aspires to, to, do. to be. So you, yeah. it's amazing, man. I look, I really appreciate your time and coming on for the last, uh, 90 minutes. I hope you enjoyed yourself too. Yeah, I have. It's been really great talking to you, Dan. Um, and can I say, actually, you know, I, I looked at a couple of the videos of other interviews you've done as well, and uh, you make it a really welcoming environment. You know your stuff. Thank you, man. Um, so, I know I wish you fantastic fortunes. And it I looks really like you're doing well. It, you know, the numbers on your, on, your, on your videos and stuff are, you know, looking good. So, strength to strength, man. I really appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for the kind words. Um, before I let you go, is is there anything Geralt can say to Dan before we close this out? <laughs> is there anything you'd like Geralt to say to Dan? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, there's so many things. I don't. I'm, I'm on the spot now. Oh <laughs> shit! I don't know. I should have prepared for this. Well, I'll give you a couple sound bites, okay? Okay. Because you've been so cool and because you are cool. Thank you, man. Thank you, bro. All right, so we'll just give you a couple little sound bites. You're watching Dan Allen Gaming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How about... um, uh, This is Geralt of Rivia, and you're watching Dan Allen Gaming. Get on it. I don't know what that Yeah, was. <laughs> that was good. I'll take it. I'll take it. I thought you were going to say fuck at the end. <laughs> uh, I could. I could. <laughs> oh, shit. No, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll, no we'll prob- I'll probably harass you to come back on at some stage because I've just had so much fun with you, mate. Really appreciate uh, cool. it. I'd, I'd be very happy to do that. Thank you, man. Well, have a nice uh, dinner. I hope you cook up a nice concoction for the fam tonight. Yeah, no idea what I'm going to make for dinner tonight. <laughs> I mean, I may not even be making it. So, um, but yeah, um, just before we get off, Dan, just a quick yeah. shout out to everybody who's been watching and hanging out and stuff. Just um, love you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for putting in all the questions. Um, hopefully, you know, when things clear up a bit more, I'll see some of you at a convention somewhere. Um, so yeah, you know, if you if you do meet me at a convention, say I saw you on Dan Allen Gaming, and yeah. I, I I may or may not remember that at that point, you know, <laughs> just depending on the day and how yeah. many years into the future that is. <laughs> well, well, and also make sure you follow Doug on Instagram, Twitter, and get a cameo from him. Is that is there anywhere <laughs> else we, we that you're on? Am I missing anything? Uh, I've got a Facebook page, but oh, Facebook, I've got yeah. two. I've got a Facebook account, but I try to keep that personal. Okay. But I've got I do have a Facebook page that's like, you know, my Twitter or my Instagram. All right. I'll link I'm that in more... after for you. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. All right, guys. Well, it's been a pleasure, Doug. Thank you so much, man. Likewise. I look forward to talking soon, brother. Yeah, likewise. See you later, everybody.